Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode does contain discussion of gun violence and death. Please be advised for listening around children or if you are sensitive to these topics. You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 49. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, Yummy Mummies, what is going on? Okay, this episode is called When Something Traumatic Happens. So we are going to talk about what to do when something traumatic happens, especially around food. But before we dive in, I want to talk to you guys about my life. (laughs) You know, I like to give you a fun fact. This isn't necessarily fun. (laughs) OMG, we were about... Today was going to be the first day that we were going to put our kids in school all day, like they normally do. Oh, but no, my son, who did go back to school last week, my daughter, she just went back after our, I don't know if you guys heard, but we were in quarantine for almost a month. At least part of us were in quarantine for almost a month. My husband, my son, and I were out of quarantine as of like last Saturday. My daughter was still technically in it this week until she went back to school. But my poor son went back to school, you guys, and he got a cold. So ironic. He got COVID. He had no symptoms. Day he goes back to school, he gets a cold, and now he's back home. (laughs) So... We're just having a lot of fun, quality bonding time with our kids, which has actually been so amazing. And I'm actually going to talk about that in this podcast later on. So that's kind of like what's going on over here. Um, The other fun thing is that it's my son's second birthday. My baby is two. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe I pushed that little baby out exactly two years ago. Oh, I missed the time. He got, I pushed him out. I was going to say he got pushed out. (laughs) I pushed him out at 10 14 AM on 10 15, 2019. I'm like, nurses, why didn't you just tell me to hold him in for one more minute? Wouldn't that been so cool? You guys, if he was born at 10 15 on 10 15, I know, I know, I know. The nurses were busy doing other things. And P.S. my nurses were amazing when I gave birth to Phoenix. So, oh, it's just so fun to reflect. I get so nostalgic and I get emotional on my kids' birthdays. It's just so fun to reflect. So we are celebrating him today. Even though he has a cold, um, we're still going to celebrate. So that's what's going on over here. My client comment comes from my client, Katie A. And she was just talking about who she was before the yummy mummy. I love to talk about before and after. I love to hear from my clients. Like, what was it like for you before the yummy mummy experience? And now what is it like? And so she said verbatim that before she was all or nothing. She was like, I had all or nothing mentality. She said she felt totally restricted. She was either doing all the things or she was completely quote unquote off the wagon. She felt totally trapped And now after the yummy mummy, she says she feels like she has space. She's like, I feel empowered. She says, I have the choice. I have the reins. My protocol gives me freedom and flexibility. She realized she was the one putting the pressure on herself. And now she knows how to not do that. So I just think that's really fun to share. Did she lose weight? Yes, of course. But that just becomes like a secondary benefit when all these huge things start shifting. 
the ability to feel free and to not feel trapped and to she said I choose my own adventure right to not feel all that unnecessary pressure to feel empowered to not be so constrained and restricted and deprived like you guys that is priceless like I literally cannot put a price tag on it it's so so good it's so valuable so that's what she was talking about in terms of her before and after and Katie, I'm so grateful to you for sharing because it helps so many people to see what's possible for them and to come and get it. Okay, you guys, so I don't know if you follow me on social media, but I did put this on social media, but I'm going to go into it in a greater depth. On Wednesday, October 13th, our mailman was shot and murdered at the mailboxes across the street from my house. So obviously, this is something very tragic and traumatic. It's really, really heartbreaking and scary and surreal. So it was the middle of the day. None of us happened to be home, which is really so good. We were not home when it happened, but our whole neighborhood was in shelter in place. I had to get my kids. And so it was really, really scary. We didn't know if this was like a shooter on the loose or if it was a targeted act. We didn't know anything. So obviously we were really scared and in fight or flight, rightfully so. And what ended up coming of it was the mailman's ex-girlfriend actually shot him and it was over a custody battle I guess she had custody and he was trying to get custody probably because she was probably mentally ill and it just it breaks my heart when people don't have the resources if they want the resources and maybe she did and maybe she didn't I have no idea but it's heartbreaking and then it adds a whole nother layer of heartbreak because we found out today that the child is five so it's not like this child is six months. I'm not saying that would even be any better, right? But this child is fully going to be aware of what happened. And I literally can't imagine. I'm so grateful that I live in a neighborhood that is safe most of the time, right? We moved away from LA because we did actually want to come to a safer neighborhood, but there's no guarantees in life. And I want to talk about that in this episode too, that there really aren't any guarantees. And if that's true, how do you live your life based on that? So that is kind of like the backstory that that's what happened literally across the street from my house, like less than a hundred feet. Um, we had like caution tape around home. There was the SWAT team, the drones, the news, the federal investigators, the local investigators, all kind. I mean, you can imagine, right? And I actually felt really lucky too, that we didn't have to really explain anything to our kids because they are so little, like they genuinely did not know anything was going on. My heart really is going out to a lot of the families in my neighborhood whose kids did witness some of this. But what I was going to say is that I'm so grateful to our neighborhood. Our neighborhood is like coming together to support this family and this child. So that's really been awesome to see. That's a little bit of a silver lining. So of course there is an immense amount of processing that I'm doing and just sitting with it and feeling my feelings, right? It's very surreal. It's very scary. So it's kind of the backstory. Here's what I want to talk to you about. I kind of alluded to it already, but are you living like this could be your last day, right? And I know it's a little jarring and I know it's a little morbid, 
I actually heard that this is a Buddhist concept that they ask the question around like, what if today was the last day? Are you living the way that you want to be living? I heard on another podcast a couple weeks back on the Life Coach School podcast, which by the way is the best. That is my coach, Brooke Castillo. I think she was interviewing another fellow coach, Anna Verzoni, I believe her name is. And they were throwing around the question, what would make today a good day to die? Seriously, right? And when you can like just step back from, some of you guys are like taking the questions and you're like, oh yeah, this is a great question. I'm totally on board. This is actually very inspiring to me and it's actually helping me to get really clear. And some of you guys are just like totally in shock that I'm even asking this question. So just like take a deep breath and let the shock die and come into like, there's no guarantees. We have no idea. None of us know when we're going to die. It literally could be today. It could be in 60 years. We don't know. So that being said, knowing that fact, are you living in a way that supports what you want to create? Like, let's be real here. I don't mean that like you go bungee jumping today, right? Or you plan like your dream vacation to New Zealand for next week, right? But day to day, are you living and loving and showing up for yourself in the way that you want? I really like the idea of imagining yourself on your deathbed, looking at your life. Are you proud of it? Is it what you wanted? It really helps us to distill out what's important from what's not important. And I'm going to go to bat and say like our health is important. The way we treat our bodies is our, is really important. The, the relationship that we have with ourselves, capital S, is really important. The relationship that we have with food is really important. The relationship we have with our bodies is really important. Me spending time on myself, capital S, my body, my food, is something that I want to keep doing. Is something that I know that when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be really proud of having spent time doing it. Right. So I really want to encourage you guys to look at that, not from a place of like, oh, my God, what have I been doing all my life? Like, do not use this question to beat yourself up. Use this question to, wow, I'm glad I'm here in this moment. I'm really examining this so I can move forward in the way that I want. Not asking these questions so you can rail on yourself because you didn't do it right yet. You didn't get it right yet. No. What if you have been doing it right? What if you have been living your life perfectly and you want to make some shifts and changes to it? That's totally awesome. And you know what? When you believe that it's been right and perfect, perfectly imperfect, maybe you want to say, so far, then you have access to actually making permanent changes. You can't make permanent changes from shame, from beating yourself up, from not good enoughness. You have to really believe that everything's unfolded the way that it's meant to unfold up into this point. And from here on out, you can make whatever choices and changes you want to make. Now, don't go crazy on me. Don't start making all the changes all at once. I want you still continuing to practice constraint where you're doing one thing at a time, right? So that's what I want to say. Whenever something really traumatic or tragic like this happens, it reminds me to be continuing to ask that question and to inspire you guys to ask that question of, hey, am I living the way that I want to live? If today was my last day, would it be a good day to die? Okay, so that's kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about. Let yourself ask yourself that question from a place of love, from a way to inspire and motivate, okay? And then number two, second thing I want to talk about is you don't have to eat when something traumatic happens. Okay, let me be very clear. If you choose to eat, 
because something traumatic or tragic or horrible happens, you are not bad or wrong, okay? You are not bad or wrong if you make that choice. I just want you to know that it is a choice. You do not have to eat or use other coping mechanisms when something traumatic happens because those things, you guys, they don't actually make us feel better. Eating a whole bag of popcorn or even just snacking on a couple nuts here and then a couple kale chips here and then a couple flackers there, right, throughout the whole day, that doesn't actually make you feel better. A lot of my clients are not huge, quote-unquote, stereotypical emotional eaters. Most of my clients actually are emotional eaters, but they don't necessarily identify with the vision of having the stressful day and then coming home and eating a pint of ice cream. But what a lot of my clients are doing is like they're a little stressed and so they'll grab a couple nuts or they're a little bored so they'll grab a hunk of cheese, (laughs) right? Or this has kind of been a really traumatic day and so they're picking at their kids' leftovers, okay? So I want you to know emotional eating does show up in many different ways. It's not always like this watching Netflix and binging on a whole entire bag of barbecue chips. So there is a choice. You, again, are not bad or wrong if you make the choice to use food. My brain always wants to offer that food will make me feel better, that food is the solution to this trauma, You guys, when we like out our brains like that and really look at those thoughts, like obviously food is not the solution to this problem. It's really not. It's not going to make it better. Now, most of you who are listening to my podcast are totally in agreement with this. If you're listening to this podcast, you just like this podcast and like food isn't an issue for you or your weight or your body is not an issue for you, then like food might be fine. There might be like no net negative to you eating for emotional reasons. But for most of my clients and most of my listeners, you eating for emotional reasons does have a net negative. It makes you feel like shit five minutes later and then five weeks later, you're not at your natural weight and then all the baggage that comes with that, right? So I just want you to take your power back and to know that when a traumatic thing like this happens in your life, that you still have complete control and free will. Will it be harder? Yes. Yesterday, or two, what was this? Wednesday, I don't even know what day it is anymore. (laughs) Wednesday, when this happened, my brain offered food as a solution like 17 different times. My brain was like, you deserve it. This has been really tough. My brain was like, it'll make you feel better. My brain was like, at least this will be something good in the day. Or for some of us, it's just mindless. We can't even hear the thoughts that are creating us putting the food in our mouths. We can't even hear the thoughts that have caused us to walk into the pantry or stand in front of the fridge, right? So I want you to start to play with identifying those thoughts. And that's why I say the thoughts that are in my brain, because if I say them out loud, you can be like, oh yeah, my brain does say that to me. So what does your brain say? I deserve it. Oh, this will make it a little easier. Oh, this will be like at least something good in this horrible day. And here's the thing. Maybe you deserve it. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But do you really like deserve a quote unquote treat because something traumatic happened? Probably not. Right? Will it really make me feel better? 
maybe you guys i'll give it to you right like in the moment you're gonna get that hit of dopamine and it might make you think that you feel better for a moment or two a moment or two but in the long run it just makes it worse we just end up compounding the pain and the suffering So my guess is that it won't make you feel better. It doesn't make me feel better. I just feel worse in the end. And then there's like more guilt. And then I physically feel like totally low energy. And I can't show up in the way that I want to show up. My brain will say, right, like I told you, at least this is something good in my day. You know what? We're allowed to just have bad days. We're allowed to just have a bad day without anything good. It's okay. And when I can tell my brain those counter thoughts... I can really like allow myself space to process the feelings of just like total fear. Really, it was like fear for me. Like I can allow myself to really process the fear and to feel the fear. And if you guys want to go back, um, I think it's episode 15. I talk a lot about how to process feelings. So that's a whole nother episode. I want to do another episode on it too, but processing feelings instead of eating them, right? And you can like kind of the Cliff Notes version is like, wow, I'm really upset. This is really scary. Wow, I'm panicking. That's okay. I'm allowed to be scared. I'm allowed to feel these really uncomfortable feelings that are in my body and breathe through it, talk through it, journal through it. When you do that, you'll process through and eating won't present itself as a solution as much it still might right so i just want you to take your power back if you want to take your power back and decide you know whether or not you want to use food as a solution but i don't want you beating yourself up or thinking you're bad or wrong if you do use it as a coping mechanism right like when you do that you again you give yourself space to really look at everything from an objective place so that's pretty much the bulk the meat of what i wanted to share with you guys today So first, ask yourself, am I living in a way that I would be proud of when I'm on my deathbed? And do I want to eat when traumatic or tragic or stressful things happen? Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have the best week ever. I will talk to you next week. Hey. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.